Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It now. made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. Episode number 74 of Hockey Talk on the Rock here on Saturday on Salston. This is Laura, I'm Keith, and we're going to talk about the end of season stuff for the Canucks and talk about some of the matchups in the playoffs coming up and some maybe off-season stuff. I don't know. We'll see where we go. <laughs> so the Canucks are done. The Canucks they, are they had a fantastic out. run down the year. They did. They had a very exciting second half of the season, really. And uh, I mean, overall, I would say... This is the most optimistic I've been at the end of a season for the Canucks in quite some time. I mean, even, I guess with the bubble playoffs, I was pretty optimistic about the team then. Um, but in general, this is the most optimistic I've been with the team playing. I thought the last few games, it was really noticeable just how dominant Quinn Hughes was. Um, and I feel like, Obviously, he's gotten a lot of love this season <laughs> to some degree, um, but he won like the best defenseman on the Canucks um, award. Third year in a row. Third year in a row. He broke the single season uh, points record, which I'm sure he's going to break multiple times in his career. But I just thought like even his defensive play rate this year has been so much more noticeable. And it's great to see. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the bounce back of Petey and Demko's play and those kind of being the three key parts of the Canucks future in general but I just wanted to throw Quinn Hughes some love because I noticed I think the last couple games that went to overtime especially just like how good he's been yeah yeah his ability to walk the blue line is incredible yeah um gotta give some love to Luke Shen he got the unsung hero award and I love it yeah like you know I've had a soft spot for him (laughs) since he went to the Flyers even though they got gypped in that trade for JVR um (laughs) And I'm just so happy that he's like research, you know, revived his career yep. since being in the A with Anaheim, and then going to coming to Vancouver, making a bit of a mark, <laughs> going to Tampa, getting a couple cups, yeah, and, and now being so happy in Vancouver, like he's back next year. Yeah, sounds like if they're willing to have him and he keeps it up to being a deep, decent depth defenseman, like yep. he sounds like he wants to be here for, for as long as he can. So. That's so awesome. It's just one of those feel-good hockey stories. Yeah, and I'll say, like, I obviously when Shen was here the first time, I really liked his play. I thought, again, the fit with Hughes was really nice, and it was cool to see. And I was happy when he went to Tampa and won, but I was actually kind of hesitant about him coming back because I thought that maybe (laughs) it would be one of those things where he didn't live up to how he played before, and then it would be like he'd kind of be the whipping boy on the Canucks defense, Right. whereas, like, the memory's kind of better. But he's lived up to it and more. He's been very solid uh, depth defenseman for the Canucks, and I agree. I was very happy to see him get the Unsung Hero Award, and I'm happy he's going to be back for next year. Yeah. And then I guess the other person that we can say kind of in a similar light is Spencer Martin. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, Um, because that's been another good feel-good story of the year, Um, him coming in when the Canucks had their COVID issues with their goalies. And getting a win, getting him a couple points, and then coming back now with the injuries with the goalies, playing back-to-back games, just looking like an NHL goalie. And that's great to see. I hope that he, like the group of them that are going down to Abbotsford, I hope they all dominate in the NHL, but I hope they have a really good season of training and that they're ready to uh, start next year because if you can give Demko some more nights off, I think that's good. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So hopefully uh, Martin pans out and he's a, obviously a cheap option for them as a backup if he goes to the Canucks right now. Yeah, NHL-wise, it's a small sample size for him, it's but true. he has looked really good. And like I was saying to you the other day, like, you know, really excited to see a full year of Martin Demko tandem because yeah, that could work out really well for like, you know, six million dollars in goaltending spending. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's good, and I mean, overall, we'll see what the summer brings. Right? We keep saying that it's like the two jokes I feel like for this season have been like the next games the Canucks play to skip the season for three months or yeah. whatever. And now it's okay. Well, what what are they actually gonna do with this team? Because it's gonna be our first chance to really get to see what the management actually thinks of the group. They've and given them a lot to think about. They have, and I, I was kind of listening to Thirty One Thoughts, and what Friedman was saying is he thinks they're gonna try and deal with Horvat first. Oh yeah. And I think that's a smart move when you consider both Miller and Besser if you're looking at extending both of them, because I assume that Horvat's gonna take again probably the most team-friendly deal yeah and to both of them you can kind of say well this is what Bo's taking and blah 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 so I think that's a smart move um we'll see yeah I think it also helps I don't know how much it helps <laughs> but it could be beneficial to have kind of the internal cap that they yeah. they do a little bit you know with PD being the top at yeah. 7.3 Hughes is at what 6.7 Six. yeah and then Demko's at five, yeah. and then Garland's at five. Yeah. So it kind of is like, this is our range. Yeah. You know, like, obviously, they're not going to get Miller no. for 7.3 or lower. No. But to, to be like, well, you can't you can't exceed these by so much that yeah. it could be beneficial. Um, hopefully it plays out that way. It'd be and, nice. yeah, the other thing I just quickly want to throw out there, too, is I thought that Connor Garland's finish this season was also really nice to yeah. see. Yeah, once he broke yeah. that 19-game goal slump or yeah. whatever, then it <laughs> seems like he got his groove back, you know? Yeah, and I, I still feel like with Garland, he's going to be one of those players that when the games really matter or on a really competitive team, he's just going to be a really nice piece that annoys the opposition and can score. Um, which the Canucks, you know, had <laughs> with <laughs> Burroughs and Kessler back in the day. But yeah. I just think it's a nice piece to have. But we'll see again. Maybe they get blown away with an offer for Garland in the summer. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyway. It just seems like with the cost certainty, it would be insane to move him. And the age. Like, I just don't yeah. get it. So, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, he put up 50 points this season, which is a career high for him. But nice to see. I did take a kind of quick, quick look at the Canucks points like to end the year um, and goals specifically. And there is quite, again, I would say compared to, you know, really competitive teams or very deep teams, there's still really big disparity between the top and bottom. But I kind of think that internally they're going to have that fixed. Yeah. Like Todd Colson is going to put up Man, points yeah, last year. Yeah, he turned it around the last quarter of the season big time. Yeah. And I like I need to figure out how to watch AHL playoffs because like with like you said with those guys him and Martin and um, who's the other one going down? Uh, I was gonna say Patan, but not Patan. There's Lockwood. Dries. Dries. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, with yeah. all them going to a team that has yeah. been playing really well without them, yeah. like I'm super excited to see how they do. And uh, speaking of Pod Coles and like his growth and development has led to like I put it out on the Twitterverse yeah. that like. I feel like the the two guaranteed moves I feel like the the management are gonna want to do are trade Tanner Pearson. Yep. Because I feel like they can fill that role yeah. internally. Yep. And then I I feel like just because of the money they're gonna pay a bit to move Myers. 
I could see it. I um, mean, even though he he was like top second top minutes guy or whatever, <laughs> and he played better or what? Yeah. It's, it's the money thing. I think that the, they need to do it, and I feel like they're convinced that. Well, their defense still needs to get faster, right? Like, yeah. I think that's the most noticeable thing. I and he um, takes a lot of penalties. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say this about Mars. Sometimes I wonder if it's just because he's big um, that he takes that many and is more noticeable kind of than other players on the ice. Right. But it is frustrating when, you know, the Tyler Miners nickname gets thrown out there because he is consistently going to the box and kind of wrecking the flow of the game. I mean... The only other kind of defensive note I have with the Canucks right now is it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Rathbone. Well, that's what I was going to say. It feels like they want him to fill that Myers void. And, yeah. and from every time I hear Ryan Johnson on the radio, like he's talking about how his defensive zone and defensive awareness have come so far this year that yeah. it sounds promising. Because we all know he had that offensive promise already. Yeah. You know, the yeah. future is bright looking. I don't know. If yeah. they can make it happen. Rutherford's not a dummy, I guess. He's got a bit of a reputation. <laughs> yeah, and again, it'll be like with the Eastern Conference, I've said this like five times, but because there's so many teams in that, well, like everyone that made the team, the playoffs in that division is very uh, good. They all have over 100 points. There's going to be teams that leave after their first round that are upset and they're going to want to make desperate moves. And I think that the Canucks are actually kind of in a good position to feed off of that. So we'll see, but, um, you know, obviously there's the connection to Pittsburgh, and it would be interesting to see if they go out and they want to keep the the group together. I know they have unrestricted free agents coming up and stuff, but if you want to give Crosby another chance at a cup and stuff like that. So it be interesting to see. I'm super excited for the offseason, but I'm more excited about the playoffs right now. So. Yeah, the, um, do we want to quickly go to the playoff talk then? Sure, let's do some okay. playoffs and then maybe – finished with retired players <laughs> yeah i mean well, we could talk awards too uh, yeah. i mean they detroit said they're not bringing back jeff blasho for next yeah, year yeah it's not surprising no yeah. i think they're ready to move on to a new coach yeah. he's had his opportunity as they've been rebuilding and it hasn't really progressed no, that much no. um so we got that out of the way yeah um so yeah playoffs we did our bracket in the previous episode mini yeah um we'll just quickly talk the the bracket i guess like florida washington yeah i mean i i feel like Everyone's in love with Florida, and did they end up finishing with the more than four goals per game average on the season? I can't remember. I don't remember, actually. They were close, and if they did, I think they did. Yeah. They're the first team since 95-96 to finish with that much scoring, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Um, and Ekblad coming back yeah. is going to be really good for them. Yeah. They're going to be super strong, and I feel bad for Washington, especially <laughs> if Ovi's out. Yeah, if Ovechkin's out, they, I think the Caps have no, like, no chance. I already really don't think they have much of a chance. Um, but I will say the only thing that worries me about Florida is just the style of playoffs, like, it typically with the low-scoring games. It's less run and gun. Less run and gun, which doesn't really suit Florida, but because the league has been so much more high-scoring this year, I really wonder if the playoffs are going to be more high-scoring. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that's Washington's only chance, but at the same time, I'm like, well, Washington defensively, it's not like they're a juggernaut. Um, yeah. <laughs> like... I think Florida gets their first playoff win, you know, since 98 since, or whatever. Since 96, yeah. 96, yeah. I, I can see it for sure. Yeah. Like, I'd be willing to put a large <laughs> sum of money on that. If they don't, then, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I'm going to be watching. Like, I, do, I, feel, I don't feel like I need to watch it, but yeah. because Drew's there, there yeah. I'm going to be watching yeah. for sure. And then to a little bit much, much, much lesser extent because of Jumbo Joe. Yeah. 
Um, love those two guys. So. Yeah, they're again. I really like watching Florida play. I'm really hoping that there's a battle for the second round because I really liked that series last year. But anyway, Mo- moving on. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one that I'm probably gonna be watching with like the most like, oh my god, is this gonna happen again? Is yeah. Toronto Tampa and yeah, yeah. I mean, there's two ways man. of looking at it, right? Tampa's played a lot of hockey. Yeah, and also in some ways Toronto has less pressure. Like, in some ways they have more pressure, but in some ways they have less pressure because it's like, well, if we lose, we lose to the two-time Stanley Cup champs. Yeah. Even though we have home ice and we're the higher seed, like, if we lose, no one's going to, like, be completely surprised. And I feel like that's an advantage for them. Um, But, and yeah, like you said, Tampa's played a lot of hockey. I still think they know how to turn it off. But we'll see. Yeah, I think the two main things for me is, like, a lot of people are like, well, Tampa lost that critical third line. But, like, man, you look at their third line now of Hagel and Colton and yeah. uh, Nick Paul. And yeah. it's like, you know, Nick Paul has 16 goals and the other guys are both 20 plus. Like, yeah. their third line got replaced pretty quickly as Tampa just seems to do these last few years. And the other is, like, Vasilevsky's record in the playoffs, especially after a loss, it's is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it, it alone will go down in the history books. So... Yeah. I don't know. If it comes down to goaltending, it's not looking good for Toronto, but, uh, you know, it's it feels like a bit of a coin flip series. Yeah, I, I can see it going anyway. I took Tampa because I feel like they're going to do it, but I, would I be shocked if Toronto won this series? No. Yeah. Like, not at all. So, And it'll be really interesting to watch, like, Matthews, but to more of an extent, Marner, be, particularly because he's had his struggles. Because slump, Yeah. yeah. And if he can break out of that slump, then I think Toronto probably advances. Um, yeah. So, we'll see. And find out starting Monday. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Uh, Carolina-Boston. I I was happy to get Carolina, but then you reminded me that Anderson's hurt. <laughs> yeah. And, like I've said before, probably in these episodes, that, like, I just don't have a lot of love for Carolina. Like, I don't know. Like, they, I know they won their division, <laughs> but, like, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of belief in their team makeup or yeah. whatever it is. I don't really think they've actually been playing that well of late, which also makes me think, like, again, part of it's they don't have their starting goalie, and I know they, as you said, they won with William Jennings this year, so obviously they relied on very good goaltending. However, after I took, you know, Boston in a sweep, (laughs) um, what I'll say here is that Carolina does have a kind of tendency to make average goalies look really good uh, with their defensive system, so. Yeah, I mean, you can attribute the William Jennings to their defense almost, you know. So it's possible with Ranta back there um, that they get a series win. I, I just think that for whatever reason, this is a series that Boston likes. Yeah. Um, and as you said, you your hot take, which didn't happen, was that Tampa was going to slip down and play Carolina. And again, I think that this divi- uh, this division and then the, um, the Pacific are both kind of blah. Like, I'm not that kind excited. Of open. Yeah. I'm not really that excited. Like, I'm very excited about watching the Atlantic and, you know, the Central. Yeah. Um, but these two, I'm kind of, eh, like, yeah. yeah, it feels like the East version of the Pacific, where it's like, hey, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. Um, on that goaltending note, <laughs> I think in the next series, the Rangers-Penguins, the yeah. goaltending is going to be the talk of the town because Shesterkin's going to win the series for the Rangers <laughs> if he plays the way he's been playing, and, like, Jari's hurt. Yeah. So that's pretty big both ways. 
I know Pittsburgh's been playing good. Like, Malkin since he's been back to his yeah. injury. Like, I saw his stats the other night. I was like, what? He actually got to 20 he goals and, like, 45 points. Yeah, like, quietly good season for Malkin. Yeah, and Latang too. Like, yeah, Latang had a really good year. Um, you never know. I kind of weirdly think that Pittsburgh might actually beat the Rangers, even with um, <laughs> the whole Jari thing. And it's I'd only be because... Happy. I'd be totally happy. <laughs> it's only because I don't know... Shesterkin has played so well in the regular season, but... How, I don't know if he can possibly replicate how good he's been all year, like if he can keep it at that level. Yeah. And then, I mean, Pittsburgh, they know how to win. Yeah. And the Rangers haven't been in this position for a while. I, I could see Pittsburgh winning. It's actually one of the ones that I picked on the, my bracket for kind of the not upset, but they are the third team made. Like, I just, I don't totally believe in the Rangers. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And we'll see if they're, <laughs> uh, you know, beefing up their roster and since last year. Yeah, does if it, something. If it does anything. But I mean, you know, he's a young goalie, and you gotta wonder if uh, you know a game gets away from them with Crosby and Malkin lighting them up yeah. or something. How much that gets into his head too. Yeah. Um, should be should, should be, be something. Yeah. So over the West. Yeah. I think no <laughs> one's gonna argue with us or whatever about Colorado. Yeah. Taking out Nashville, it's only a matter of games, I think, especially with Soros out. It's really too bad that Soros is out because I think it would be a lot more interesting with yeah, him. Yeah, like we talked about before with Soros healthy in the playoffs last year, like yeah. that he made that a series with Carolina and nobody thought that was going to be a series. Yeah. And so I'm not saying they would beat Colorado if he was healthy, no, but like... I think it would be more interesting. Yeah, for sure, because yeah. Dave Rich is Dave Rich, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm so I'm still so mad we didn't get Nashville Calgary because I would have really liked that storyline too. too. Me too. But anyway, it's okay. We're here. Here we are. So. So Colorado, sure, we'll yeah. see it. The series that is probably gonna be the best. It, I think it tops Toronto Tampa for must watch yeah. TV. Minnesota St Louis. They're built so similarly. Yeah. They both have the goaltending thing. Who's gonna be the goalie? Yeah. Um. They got good defense. They got depth. Yeah. The only real difference, I think, is St. Louis has better center depth. Yeah. Um, but, man, it's going to be good. Like I'm, uh. I don't know. I keep going back and forth in this one with being like, oh, I think St. Louis is going to do it. Oh, I think Minnesota is going to do it. I honestly don't know. Like, I, I, I think what caused me to pick Minnesota yeah. is, like, I, I try to think, like, who has the game breaker? And that is Minnesota. And that's yeah. and that's Caprizov, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. St. Louis has so good players, but, like, nobody's, like, an authentic NHL game-breaker yeah. where Caprizov is that guy, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I probably, I'll probably lean towards Minnesota, but I don't know. It's so tough. I'm really excited about that series. But from a fantasy perspective, it kind of does suck because if you're picking players from either one of those teams, it's like... Is it going to work out? I know, I know. And it feels really weird, too, being, like, a Canucks fan to, like, for the first time in my life, be, like, really rooting on Minnesota. <laughs> I know, It right? feels so odd. And right. also to call them, like, an exciting team, too. I know. It's weird. Yeah. What a weird world we live in right it, now. It is totally odd. Um, <laughs> into the Pacific. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone hates Dallas because they're like, Dallas sucks. Why did they make the playoffs? And I think anybody is going to pick Calgary over Dallas. You never know. Stranger things happen. Yeah, uh, the only thing I can say, again, kind of in line with the Toronto series here with Calgary, is that, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is obviously having an amazing season, uh, but he needs to show up in the playoffs, because yeah. that's the story of his career so far, is that he hasn't had very good success in the playoffs, and so that's the only thing that I think, like, 
Calgary is built for the playoffs. I'm really scared about Calgary this year as a Canucks fan. I don't want to see them do well, but they scare me. And and like we were talking about before this episode, they kind of have an easy path to the Final Four. Yeah. You know, when you look at Dallas, Edmonton, and L.A., like, Calgary is the standout team. Yeah. And, I mean, like, if you look at every, like, almost every position, I mean, defense, they don't really have, like, an absolute stud. But, like, goaltending and Markstrom and then just their forward depth is so deep. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Markstrom has not played in the playoffs very much. That's true. That's that, the only that's thing. That's the only thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they can also, the other thing I'll say about Calgary that I like is, yeah, they can run and gun, they can put up a lot of points, but I also feel like they can shut it down and kind of squeak out, like, one goal wins. Yeah. So, I like that. I don't give Dallas really any shot in this series either. Um, I think, unlike in the East, in the West, to me, there are two teams that aren't very good in the playoffs, and they're Dallas and L.A. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, because of Soros, I'd chuck Nashville in there too. Um, so, yeah. Just is what it is, but, you know, they got in. They got into the second... <laughs> The second wild card, the first wild card. Dallas got the first yeah. wild card because so, of the collapse yeah. from Nashville, Nashville against Arizona. Yeah. Um, and and the, the other thing about that Dallas win, just really quickly, yep. forgetting the uh, first wild card, is partially because Anaheim had to put in that U bug. Oh right. Yeah. So anyway, it's just crazy, but. The series I'd like to talk about the least uh, <laughs> yeah, is I agree. Edmonton, L.A. Like, yeah. I don't like Edmonton, and I'm disappointed L.A. made the playoffs because yeah. I don't think either of these teams are particularly well. And yeah. you look at the way they're built, it's like, okay, well, someone's going to make it to the second round because they have to. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, you know, I go back and forth with this one, too, and I, I don't know. I really don't know. I agree with you. Some One of these teams is making the second round, which sucks because one of Minnesota and St. Louis are not making the second round, basically, if you think about it that way. Yeah. Um, and I just don't believe in Edmonton's depth at all, and I don't really believe in Mark Smith either, but I also, like, who has LA really even got in terms of, like, point producers? Oh, and I mean, Kopitar had an okay year, but he got most points in October, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Deneau was surprisingly productive. Yeah. The only uh, the positive thing I will say is by them being here, Vegas is not in. That's true, and that, that is, is the true. best part. Like, if it was Edmonton, <laughs> Vegas, that would be worse. Like for yeah. me personally, yeah. I'm like, okay, I can kind of cheer. Like for I would not watch for any of that. Yeah. Not a moment. Yeah, I agree. Like, and so, anyway, Vegas is out, and that's the that's best. beautiful. Yeah, it's so good. It was funny. Like there were tweets about it that it's like I've never. You know, I've covered the NHL for 20 years or whatever, and I've never seen so much universal hate towards one team. I'm like, this is amazing. It's the best. Yeah. And, like, they had a pictogram or whatever recently of, like, <laughs> players from the 2015 draft yeah. and their playoff games. Yeah. And, like, yeah. McDavid's, like, really yeah. low with, and like, then, yeah, 14, like and then Eichel's yeah. none, and Eichel's still none, and that's <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so good. They'll learn. They They'll gotta learn. treat their players better. They can't just shop out everybody else just for the shiny new toy and try to, you know. It's totally true. And yeah. you know, you think about the position this like Vegas could have been in if they just hadn't traded for Pacioretty, so they still had Nick Suzuki, and you know. Kept Flurry. Kept Flurry. Like those two things. Even if you did everything else, I feel like they'd be a be way better team. Way better. And I will give one shout out to the Logan Thompson kid because. I think he played really well, and I feel a bit sorry for him because, to me, he was in a terrible situation, but if he hadn't played like he played, then 
They would have been out a long time ago. They would have been out a long time ago. So here's my here's yeah. my question for you. What's more likely? <laughs> Deborah keeps his job. No, Deborah's getting fired. They trade Leonard and they go with Thompson next year to save the money? Or they fire Deborah and bring back Leonard? They're firing DeBoer. You think so? I don't think they can bring him back. Not with the comments that he made towards the end of the season there, with it being like, oh, I'm just dealing with who's here. And, like, to me, he knew, like, he kind of knew he was gone at that point if he was making those comments. And I think he's probably one of the least liked coaches in the NHL. I just, I think he's Vanny's horse and they're going to get rid of him. Short length there, short leash in uh, Vegas because Glanta didn't last very long either. Well, that's part of the reason why so many people are mad at Vegas still, right? Is yeah. How they treated Gallant, but yeah, it's they're a weird team. I I was not on jumping on their bandwagon when they made their <laughs> their run in twenty eighteen, um, but they steadily I think got less likable. And I'm happy to see him miss and get a little bit of humility, as you say. And, you know, maybe, um, like, one of the interesting things is that the first that they traded to Buffalo, right, for Eichel, that is top 10 protected. So if they did win the lottery and jump up the 10 spots they can, they'll get, a draft pick. They'll get their draft pick. And that will be interesting to see because they don't have anyone coming uh, in right? uh, yeah i mean their highest draft pick they ever made was cody glass and yeah. he wasn't working out they traded him from no one patrick recently yeah. and that is not hasn't gonna be worked anything. out yeah yeah so anyway it's been they're they're gonna be another team to watch in the off season yeah for sure i think they're gonna do knee-jerk things um <laughs> you know and i think they're gonna be a team that like if pittsburgh can't re-sign any of their three big guys yeah. i feel like they're gonna be the team that finds a way to like throw all the money at whoever it is yeah how i don't know i think i still think they might go out and get a goalie i was gonna say i could see a world where they trade leonard and fire DeBoer. yeah um and uh, who knows about like leonard the whole thing with his injury at the end of the semester at the end of the semester <laughs> the end of the season was so random right like who knows how healthy he really is that's the other thing about him. Like, it sounds like it's like shoulder and leg now. Yeah. Like it sounds like he was being held together by hockey tape. Yeah. So, I kind of think they get a new goalie, but, uh, yeah. We'll see. Will be interesting. Yeah. Um, award talk. Let's quickly do some award talk yeah. before we wrap it up. Yeah. I want to start with the Norris. Yeah. I want to give all the love to my dude, Roman Yossi. Yeah. Besides the crazy point total he put up, like, where would Nashville be without him? I mean, Soros too, but I feel like Yost is going to get it this year despite Kale McCarr's whatever, 29 goals. 29 goals, yeah, which is ridiculous. Okay, I agree. I think it should be Yossi. Um, so it would be what? Yossi, McCarr, and... Whoever you want to put it. Probably in Hedman, yeah. right? Like, Hedman's yeah. the... If, if it's based on, like, defense yeah. alone, I think Hedman's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hedman, Hedmonton. Hedmonton. Um, Hedman's <laughs> the best defenseman in the world. I agree. But offense plays a lot of yeah, the voting. Yeah. And we've talked about it a lot, and they really should get another award-worthy defenseman. I really think it's easy yeah. to get down. Yeah, I, th- I think he got ripped off last year. Yeah, I think I Fox was the new no, shiny yeah, new exactly. toy or whatever, yeah. and I don't think he should have got it. Well, also, can consider where he plays yeah. with the media. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. I, don't, I didn't like that pick last year. Uh, Vesna, I mean, another quick one. I think everyone's going to give all the first-place votes to Shesterkin. Yeah, Shesterkin should get it. And, <laughs> pardon me, um... Who would they throw in there with a maybe a Vasilevsky? Vasilevsky will be in there for sure. S- Soros based on his workload. I can see Soros or maybe Markstrom. Oh yeah. With the eight shutouts or however many he got to yeah, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. 
give him a little bit of love. One of those two. Yep, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Heart Trophy seems to be a heated debate if here in Canada. <laughs> um, it seems like people have basically said it's, it's going to be McDavid or Matthews, but it should be Matthews. Yeah. And, I mean, it's so hard. Because, you know, like we've talked about before, the definition, the most valuable yeah, to your team. team yeah. Um, I, like, I think there's less of an argument to me for Johnny Gojo yeah. because he's got the whole line. Like, that whole line, yeah. that whole team is really good. It's just his his points that even strength. That's the thing it's that true. does it for me with yeah. Gojo that I'm like... But, yeah, I, I think, honestly, I think Kaprizov should be in there. Yeah, because where would Minnesota be without him? Like, like, that's the thing. I think if it was me, I'd probably do some combination of Kaprizov, Goudreau, and um, Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. yeah, but McDavid will be in there. He'll he has to be right. Like he at this point he has to be. But I think people are kind of just bored. Yeah. With the fact that he's so good at putting up points. And yeah. Like okay, whatever. And and like this year's tough. Like yeah. this year's tough. Like Huberdeau too. Yeah, Huberdeau is like, another one that. Like Yossi. I, yeah. Like there's you know. I don't think Yossi will get in just because of being the defenseman, and yep. they'll be like, oh, they already have their ward. It's the same thing with our goalies, right? Sa- same thing with Shesterkin. I don't think he'll get in because no. he's gonna get the Vesna. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I agree. I think it's. <laughs> it's a weird trophy because it usually just goes to the best player. Yeah. But the fact that Matthews has 60 means he's probably going to get it. Yeah. Um, we can talk two seconds about the Selkie trophy because it sounds like Bergeron's <laughs> going to get it. Yeah, it sounds like Bergeron in a landslide. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like the other Calgary player uh, that <laughs> is Lindholm, but I think he'll be in there for the – and I don't know who the third will be Barkov. Uh, yeah, maybe Barkov. I mean, I heard there was a lot of love for like Ericsson Eck. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. We'll see. And then uh, the final one we'll talk about, I guess. I mean, we can speculate on the Ted Lindsay, but I mean, based on the players voting on the players. Yeah, it's going to be Matthews, I think. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll respect the 60 goals over McDavid, but I could see it being McDavid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I don't know. I don't. I haven't looked at the penalty minute, so I can't even really speculate no, on yeah, the lady bang. Yeah, let's not do that. No. What about coach of the year? Because that is oh, yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, like you said, there's so many teams that finish. Like especially in the East, they're all over a hundred points. Yeah. Um, you know, midway through the year, I think most people, you and I, even probably agree that like Mike Sullivan was in there. Yep. Um, Sean Keith maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know br- brunette, but like, I don't know, like it's just such a good team. Like, I don't know. I think brunette will go in because they won the president's trophy, and usually the coach that wins the president's trophy is in the final three. Yeah. So I'll say them, and then I look at two teams that overperformed for you know what they were expected. I think Edmonton's coach, that Woodcroft or whatever his name is, I think he might get some love because their record is way better since he took over. Yeah. Um. I can see it being down to Brunette, Sutter. Yeah, Sutter, I can see too. And I can even see Everson in Minnesota. Yeah, I was going to say him as well. So, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. They're going to announce these mid-playoffs sometime, right? Yes. I believe so. Okay. Well, time will tell, as always. Yeah. Time remains undefeated. Yeah, and in that note, there's a couple players. Well, one player for sure that announced his retirement. Uh, mid Canuck game or pre Canuck game. Oh yeah, Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown, who you know, 
I was surprised he got such a warm welcome at Rogers Arena. Yeah, and like the team all shook his hand too, which was really odd. Yeah. And uh, like I saw the comment after, it was like, "What are we doing? Are we gonna all line up and shake Duncan Key's hand too after he yeah. retires?" It's like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like when Cameron Peterson talked to him, I was like, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like they play together in L.A., blah 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 blah." But I don't know. I don't like. I'm not a big fan of Dustin Brown. He obviously had a pretty good career and. Be interesting to see if this is kind of the rally call for the Kings in the playoffs, and maybe they go out and yep. play hard, extra hard for Dustin Brown. But I kind of think the more interesting one is like the Terry Price situation because uh, he talked yesterday, and the way he was talking to me kind of sounded like he's not going to play again. Well, especially since he said that his knee is still swelling up after every game. Yeah. So yeah, he's going for a second opinion on that knee. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> That's going to be pretty heavy if, yep. if he's done, so we'll see. Could be the end of an era. Yeah. Uh, back to Brown quickly. Okay, sorry. Um, super classy that Kopitar gave him the C for that last I game. I thought that was really nice, too. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. really classy because yeah. he was the captain for the two cup wins, yeah. and then whatever, three or four or five years ago, they swapped over to Kopitar. But yeah. that was a classy move. Yeah, that was nice. Good on Kopitar for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, I feel like we talked about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't remember most of it, but we talked. Uh, anything more? No, I think that's everything. We'll be back after probably the first week of playoff action. Yeah, like yeah, we'll have some good playoff hockey to talk about. And I'm sure, you know, some teams that didn't make the playoffs, similar to Detroit, will make some moves for the management of their team moving forward. And yeah. uh, I hope I hope by then, I hope by the next time we talk, we have some news about Boudreaux and his extension. Yeah, I think it sounds like it's positive now. So, I think we will. What do you think? Two-year extension plus the next year? Yeah, I think so. It makes sense. he's 67, right? Yeah, so it's take like, him till 70. 70. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope we can talk about that next time. So, um, here we go. We did our back-to-back double feature hockey talk on the rock. <laughs> uh, this was episode number 74. Thank you for listening. This is Laura, and I'm Keith. Woo!